It's Megacon from March 15th through the 17th, 2013 at the Orange County Convention Center in Orlando, Florida. Megacon is the Southeast's largest comic book, science fiction, fantasy, anime, gaming, toys, multimedia event. The showroom has over 110,000 square feet of exhibitor space. Meet your favorite comic book artists, get autographs from your favorite celebrities, enter a costume contest, visit continuous anime viewing rooms, view the indie film festival, and so much more. You don't want to miss it. One-day tickets are $24.49 in advance, $30 at the door. Or go for all three days for just $58.04 in advance or $60 at the door. I, Scott Gardner, will be there Saturday, March 16th from open to close, wandering the floor in my Two True Freaks t-shirt. Again, that's Megacon, March 15th through the 17th, 2013 at the Orange County Convention Center, Hall D, That's 9800 International Drive, Orlando, Florida. Be there. to make an even bigger mess of things. First time in Moscow? Yeah. First time. You American? Yeah. New York. Are you a cop? Welcome to Moscow! Jack! Dad? Hello and welcome to Two True Freaks. This is a five-minute freak. This is a first impressions review, spoiler-free, at least (laughs) that's the plan, for A Good Day to Die Hard, the uh, fifth installment in Bruce Willis's uh, Die Hard series of movies. And joining me for this special episode is my son, Scotty Gardner. Hello. All right, so I guess the big question right off the bat. Of course, this was this was your first Die Hard movie, as far as the the yes. theatrical experience goes, and I, I let I took you to this one special because I, I knew you're a big fan of watching them on DVD and everything. But this is the first one you actually had a chance to go see at the theater. So, yep. so what did you think both of uh, getting to see it in the theater and just the movie in general? Would you well, think? getting to see it in the theater is 
better than Cena in the, you know, in the living room with the subwoofer <laughs> and all that. Much louder and sound quality is a lot better. Just sitting in the theater watching it on the huge screen is so much better than you know, 46 inch TV. <laughs> Oh, the sound was really good in that movie. I oh, noticed yeah. as soon as the ads were, because I was a little bit worried because they put us in the, you know, one of the smaller theaters in there, you know, so you could yeah, tell it did. was, you know, it wasn't. It one, wasn't the theater that we saw the Avengers in. Yeah, it wasn't like the the big draw theater. It was like you know one of the ones where they put a movie just before it's probably about yeah. to leave the theater. <laughs> but you know, so we were sitting there watching the ads, and I was thinking sound I was having a tough time telling if it was surround sound through the ads but then as soon as the movie proper started I was like wow this sounds really oh, good yeah. so, so what'd you think overall uh really good just not as good as the other four <laughs> that was that was kind of my uh, my thought as well I enjoyed the movie um, but I can understand some of the ratings that it's getting um, I did think that it was a lot hokier. A it lot. seems like it has modern damage. It, well, like two thousand damage. It it was a lot hokier. It was a lot cheesier than some of the other ones. Yeah. There, I don't know. There was there was something that just didn't quite measure up to the other four. So I mean, the thought that kind of occurred to me while I was kind of gathering my my thoughts and gathering notes, you know, for this was that this is kind of the Star Trek Five of Die Hard movies. Yeah. You know, I enjoyed it. Because I'll always enjoy a good Die Hard or a good Star Trek movie, but you know, there's ones that are better than others, and and this one really, this is the this is the Star Trek Five of Die Hards. But uh, I think the the biggest the two biggest problems I had with it were um, I didn't think the story was as big or as tight no. as the previous movies, especially the one. See, the one that I'm holding it up to the most, strangely enough isn't even one of like the quote-unquote classic diehards it's the last one diehard um uh oh man i'm drawing live a free or die hard. live free or die hard thank you i was thinking die hard four <laughs> yeah live free or die hard i really enjoy that movie the more yeah. i watch that movie the more That's i really like that one series yeah it, it's quickly becoming possibly my well i mean the, the original will always be my favorite yeah. one but uh, it just might be my number two behind the original. I really enjoy Live Free or Die Hard. I thought the story in that was, you know, it's really epic. I mean, the the whole country. I mean, he basically saves the United States in that movie. <laughs> you know, but it, it had a really epic scope. But I thought the story was really tight. Now, again, I don't know hardly anything about computer hacking or anything, so it might be complete uh -huh. BS. But it feels real, and that's all that yeah, Die Hard. Yeah, the last time I saw that movie, there was never a point that I thought that he could stop it right then, right there. Right. And of course, with the first one, there is, but he doesn't know that he could stop it. Right. And stuff like that. Right in this movie, I felt at a couple of scenes that he could have stopped it right there, even though he didn't really know it was coming, and you know, just jump into this, jump into the situation. He could have taken out at least three of the major operators in the entire thing that's going down in the movie. It's spoiler-free, so... Right. Yeah, that's true. Well, you know, to me, one of the, the important ingredients in a spy-hard movie... Or, yeah, spy-hard. <laughs> Die-hard movie, or even that's a... That's the Weird Al song. Yeah, I know. Or even the, uh, the movies that spun off um, from Die-hard, you know, the, the, the 
you know, like Under Siege and movies like that that were kind of, you know, taping, you know, taking the diehard model yeah. and doing something else with it. The, the most important thing I always felt with those is it has to feel realistic or, or feel realistic enough that you buy it no matter how fantastic the premise is. So, again, it, it comes down to that that sincerity and everything that if, if right. they can just power through it, then you buy it, you know. No matter how crazy it might be or how far-fetched the concept may be, if if they can sell it, then it works. This one here, I I didn't feel like they were doing it as much because there was a moment, and it's hard to talk about it without not being able to spoil it. But there was a moment right. in the movie where I was just like, "Wait, what?" Because in order to get to a p- one point that we get in the movie means that the guy who's ultimately re- revealed to be the genius bad guy of the movie means that. He either meticulously planned everything, or everything was supposed to go to shit right from the beginning of the movie, which means he planned for that, which uh-huh. I don't know how you could plan for McLean to just kind of stumble into the movie. Yeah, that's, So it doesn't uh, make sense when you examine it too closely. I mean, he could have had a plan A, plan B, plan C. Well, yeah, that's true, too. But then yeah. again, even, even why the main character says that John is the least expected person he would see <laughs> at that moment. <laughs> right. But, I mean, where they wind up, you know, for the conclusion of the movie, seems like for in order for him to plan for that, it just seems like more forethought and more foreplanning than he possibly could have had for the way the movie had played out up to that point. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it just doesn't, it doesn't, to me it doesn't hold water. But, of course, this is a first impressions review, so it might be one of those things where we go back and watch, watch it later on DVD time, and yeah. go, okay, now this makes sense, uh, I get it, but... At the time, watching it in a theater, you know, it didn't. And I think that's very important for how a movie performs in the theater. And we were what? We figured we were, what, what, two of, what, eight people in that showing? Now, granted, the movie's been out for, what, uh, almost a week by this point. Yeah, since Valentine's Day. So anyone that wanted to see it would have seen it over the weekend. But still, I mean, for it to be not even a full week past opening day... And this was on a Tuesday, you know, in our local theater, Tuesday's Bargain Day. And there's only eight people. I don't think that bodes well. I don't think it's going to do very well at the theater. But then again, the last one, I don't, to my knowledge, I don't think the last one did real well at the theater either. But then it did well, you know, in secondary and when it came out on DVD and all that. So hopefully it'll find a life on DVD, even if it, you know, because that's the thing. Ultimately, my recommendation would be. I think I'd say wait for the DVD because I mean Probably, I didn't feel yeah. ripped off or anything. I enjoyed the movie and everything, but at the same rate, you know, now knowing what I know now, having watched it, I, I think I might take that same fifteen bucks and just buy the the DVD when it comes <laughs> out. You know, rather better than... yet, wait for the Blu-ray because the special effects are awesome. Yeah, the special effects are really good. Just there's a couple of things wrong with it: the slow mo and repeated explosions in the movie. Hmm. Like, when certain things blow up, they'll show it again from a different angle, or they'll show it from another person's point of view just after this certain explosion has happened, and they'll do it about three or four times. It's kind of like the number of screen flares in the new Star Trek movie. (laughs) Just not nearly as bad, and, you know, you you can get past it easily. Did you notice the herky-jerky camera work? There was a lot of bouncing. I could accept that because it seemed like crowd view. Yeah, but it was 
see your uncle Chris would know the like the technical term, but I think what it was is I think they were using handheld cameras in a lot of the, the moments. And for some of it it works like when you're following fast action or you know you're you're doing you know you're filming a scene where they're running through an alley or something like that. But some of it was just when when the characters would be standing talking. During those moments, I don't want to notice that the camera's, you know, the frame is bouncing up and down. It's like, be be still. You're still. <laughs> you're just standing there talking, so be still. And a lot of times it was bouncing. That It was bothering me only because if I, you know, I shouldn't be able to notice that, you right. know? Yeah. And it wasn't like a, like a zoom in or anything like that. It was just, it was literally bouncing like the cameraman was jittery or like while he was breathing I mean, if I was the going camera to rationalize was it, I'd say someone was running by with their cell camera and they just so happened to get it <laughs> and that's the feel that they're trying to simulate but yeah right it, it throws you off but I'm yeah I mean the movie had plenty of good stuff working oh, yeah. for it. I mean you know Willis is you know again he was John McClane you know he's everything we we expected going into uh-huh. the movies I yeah. thought he did really good um he, I think he could have been a little better with some of the zingers and the one-liners but I mean, you know, he sold it. I mean, he seemed just as sincere as he's been. He, he's, if nothing else, he looked like he was having a riot. Which oh, yeah. <laughs> that always sells it for me is when he just looks like he's having fun. Because, again, that's one of the things I really liked about Live Free or Die Hard was by that movie, when that movie starts to roll, by that time in John McClane's life, he seems like he's come to just... You know, when these things Except throw down, he's he's accepted it. and he's having a, a blast. Yeah. You know, there were a lot of moments in that movie where, you know, he'd jump out of a, a moving car or something and, you know, he gets beat to hell, but then he gets up and he's laughing about it. He does the same thing in this movie. He's he having the same a blast. Thing in this, but then there's certain parts where uh, he's making these zingers, but they seem like they're forced. Yeah, a some of them, bit. yeah, some of them did. What I loved yeah. about Live Free or Die Hard is that he seems like he's just getting so angry during fight scenes and he'll grunt and groan and call someone a mother effer and throw them downstairs in a chair. <laughs> yeah, but he's that. just straining his vocal cords while he's doing it and it sounds so real and this right. is just kind of, you know, saying it behind his teeth, you know, get off the road stuff like right. that. Right. Yeah. That's true. A lot of good action, though. I mean, oh, yeah. in the you know the big chase at the beginning was pretty epic. A lot of, I mean, there was a lot of collateral damage. <laughs> and McLean even caused a lot of it, which was one of the things I thought about in this one. Is you know there was a lot of stuff he was doing. I was lots like, of people need new cars. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. Um, I did make just a few notes. Um, not not a whole lot because I didn't want to go real long in this. But a couple of things uh, I did know. I was really happy that the rumor that I'd heard a while, you know, because I. I tried to stay away from anything you know, as far as spoilers or anything, because I like to go yeah. into these movies kind of fresh. But one thing I had heard, and I didn't really believe it, was that Lucy McLean was going to be in the movie again, and that she would be played by the same actress that played her in the fourth movie. And here's my question, which I noticed right at the beginning of this movie. Did she play Royal Payne in Sky High? Oh, you know what? I think she did, yeah. Because I thought the exact That's, same That must thing. be where... Yeah, because every time I watch Die Hard 4, I think, I know this chick from somewhere. And you, I don't think you've seen it yet, but uh, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter? Not yet. She's Mary Lincoln in that movie, <laughs> which is pretty cool. But yeah, I, I, I think you're right. Because the first time I ever saw Die Hard 4, I kept thinking, man, I know this girl from somewhere. And I think that must be what... Yeah, yeah I think I think that is I her. didn't notice it in Leaf yeah. or Die Hard, but now I notice it. Just when she was in the light... And just kind of some of the things she was saying, I realized that she, I pictured her putting on Royal Payne's armor. I don't know, just clicked or something. She's cute too. I think she's really. <laughs> I, I do. I think she's cute. Um, 
there there were a number of things that did sell the movie for me though that uh you know one of the big ones was uh, I really liked there's a moment between John and Jack right toward the end of the movie just before the big all right let's go in there and get him move you know moment of the movie I liked that you know because I, I like certain formulas in movies, and one of them is kind of the you know the buddy cop or the buddy action movie. But I also like father and son adventures too. You know, especially when you know there's a there's a break and then they have to reckon. You know, the the movie basically brings about a reconciliation. I'm sick to death of that when it comes to like a couple that used to be, you know, and now through the course of the movie they're going to reconcile, kind of like you know Indiana Jones and the and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I just yeah. totally didn't buy that in that movie. So I'm I'm sick of that formula. But the other, you know, the formula I'm talking about, like, say, like, in um, Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade, you know, the Indian is dad, they don't really get along, they don't really see eye to eye, they haven't really spoken in a long uh-huh. time and everything, but by the end of the movie, they kind of found each other. There was a lot of that going on in this movie. I like that. I'm a, I'm a sucker for that sort of thing. I enjoyed <laughs> it. I thought that was really cool. But on the flip side, it's funny, you know, bringing up uh, Crystal Skull is one of the things that I thought actually hurt this movie a lot was for some reason it seemed to me like they were going for almost a Crystal Skull vibe. They kept pointing out how old... Yeah, Yeah. they kept pointing it out like, you know, why are you pointing this out? Because I think if they had just left that alone and left it lie and stopped... It would have been fine. Well, yeah, because... McLean seems like he's at his peak of doing this kind of thing. He seemed, yeah, you know, having fun with it and still powerful and can go through all of this and still walk out on top he seems like it's just not affecting him anymore but they keep pointing out his age it's like that shouldn't matter anymore. yeah I, I didn't like that I, I thought it really detracted from the movie because you know when I watch Crystal Skull uh-huh. there's a lot of moments in that movie where I cringe like oh Jesus don't hit grandpa you know <laughs> you know and Indy's swinging around and leaping and stuff and I'm going Jesus you know sit down before you break a hip I didn't get any of that from this movie I don't I don't see Bruce Willis or John McClane is as you know. Oh, he's just too damn old to be I doing think he this. Could do this. I looked at him in years, and yeah. I can still believe that he was going at it. I mean, I look at him in this, and and I still see him as the rugged ass kicking action hero. Uh-huh. I didn't see him as as the frail old grandpa who really should not be out there, you know, right? You know, trying to fight bad guys. So I was really kind of mystified by. Why did they kind of take that tack with it, you know? I don't know. So, I don't know. There, there was actually a lot of Crystal Skull kind of vibe, again, with, you know, they kept pointing out that that Jack was John McClane Jr., and I kept thinking, please tell me that you're not trying to pass the torch, because I'm not ready for that yeah, yet. Yeah, no. You know? I, I mean, I like the guy and all, you know, that played his son, but I don't know that I'd buy him. You know, I don't know that I'm ready to, to see him step into the limelight necessarily. I didn't think he was near as charismatic. I don't as... want to live to see the day that John McClane has to pass it off before he looks like Harrison Ford. Right. <laughs> right. Well, that said, I mean, I, I hope there's more. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, I uh, snuck a quick look at reviews right before we left the house today to go see the movie, and uh, I was trying to, not trying to spoil myself or anything, but I was just curious, you know, what people were saying about it. And there was one of them um, that, that's basically he really didn't talk about the movie much at all other than to say you know eh, it was alright could have been better 
um, hope it's not the last one. Right. You know, yeah. so I, I, that's kind of how I feel about it, too, is that I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I mean, I didn't regret going to it or anything. I'm, I always enjoy a good Die Hard movie, but... Uh, I mean, him and Jack are reconciled now, so let's just have more stories with him and Jack going after these criminals. That'd be cool, yeah. Or Jack joins... or They said Jack's in the CIA, right? Right. So he can bring his dad along on his ops. <laughs> get, yeah, get, get dad into the CIA. Well, you know, what's funny, too, is... After watching the movie, you know, and it has the whole Jack and the CIA thing and all that, yeah. it occurred to me that there was an ad before the movie started. Um, what was the name of it? Olympus Has Fallen, was that the name of it? Yeah. And it's funny because it looked interesting to me and everything, everything except the the lead guy in the movie. He uh -huh, didn't really yeah. strike me as the John McClane type, and I was thinking, why didn't they take that movie... And make that Die Hard 5. That would have actually been cool. That would have been cool, you know, like, yeah. Because it's basically, it looks like Die Hard in the White House. Yeah. And after what we got the last time around with Die Hard, I, that could have been a natural progression that somehow McLean winds up, you know, in some sort of security role, you know, in Washington or I don't know. It, maybe it would be a little bit hokey, but that's yeah. definitely the vibe I got watching that advertisement. I mean, after all this time, he became a senior detective by Die Hard 4. Right. I'm really surprised that he's not in the military by now, as a general. <laughs> um, let's see, what else did I have? Um, I like that Marco Beltrami came back and did the score again. Well, I, I really like the score, yeah. He, uh, he really... Very well, I think he he sort of apes. Um, oh God, now I'm going to draw a complete blank on the original. Oh my goodness, I can't believe I forgot. I'm going to have to look it up here real quick. The the original guy that used to score the Die Hard movies. Um, I say it was Michael. Giacchino. No, uh, Michael Kamen. That was his name. Michael ah, Kamen. Uh, you know, but of course he's passed away now. But, uh, you know, Beltrami took over with, with Die Hard 4. And I really liked the score to Die Hard 4. I thought it was really good. But I felt it could have been a bit more Cayman-like. Although he used a lot of the same themes and he had kind of the same sound, I, I had still wished it had been a little bit closer to the original Die Hard trilogy. And I felt this one was really close to the yeah. originals. It's, it, there's just enough of his own stuff and his own identity in there to you know that you can tell it's Beltrami but he's he's stuck to you know the the feel also of the original Die Hard movies I, I like that I thought you know that was done very well but uh and I think you had said something about you thought the ending of the movie was kind of yeah the ending of the movie seemed a little bit like how you would end a chick flick <laughs> I mean everyone's walking into the sunset and you see people talk but you can't hear anyone. It's all yeah. muted and just the music's playing. I didn't really like that, but I liked all the characters getting back together and, you know, everyone's safe and everyone's going to heal from this adventure. Right. All that. But I don't really need to see that. The ending that I love the most out of all the Die Hard series is uh, Die Hard 1, where John takes his, well, separated wife in his arms and they just walk off. Right. And you get to see the aftermath of... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aftermath of the chaos and all the policemen rushing onto the scene, but I love that and fade to black. Right. Yeah, I'm trying to think how the other ones how they all end off the top of my head. I don't know which one I would 
I would think. I don't know, I kind of like the end of the last one, you know, the Die Hard 4 again. I keep coming back to that one, but... See, to me, it's 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 almost like you've got two different sets of Die Hard movies now. You know, you've got the yeah. original trilogy, and now you've got and now open you've got worlds. four and five. You know, with uh-huh. you know because he he resemble you know he, he has a different look and almost a different attitude with these two latter movies than he does you know with the original three. So it, it's right. it's a weird dynamic there, but uh, I, I like it a lot. Um, but I, I do certainly hope that. You know, I, I hope there's one more movie in them because I, I hope they don't leave it at this. You know, I, yeah. I, like I say, I enjoyed the movie and all. It just doesn't quite measure up to what came before it. So I, I hope that this isn't the nail in the coffin. I, I'd really like to see, you know, at least one more. You know, go out on a high note. You know, let's let's see the, you know, now we've seen the Star Trek five of Die Hards. Let's right. see the Star Trek six of Die Hards. I, I I could go for that big time. That's about all I got on it. You got anything else? Not really. I mean, if they're going to end it, they have to end it by killing John. But uh, I don't know. Do I you know. Really I don't, I don't want to see that. Yeah. No, I don't want to see that. But that's how they would have to end it. Because if he's not dead, he's going to keep going. I don't know. Have him lose an eye and become like a, a Nick, Nick Fury, Fury. kind of guy. You know, something like that. Have him get recruited by Nick yeah, Fury or something. Yeah, have Nick Fury recruit John McClane. <laughs> that's how we want it to end. <laughs> that's how we want every movie to end. <laughs> Visit our website at twotruefreaks.libsyn.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Libsyn is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook too, if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com, where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com slash league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of... Two True Freaks.